Hey guys, how's it going? I do hope that you're all doing fine, and even if you're not, I hope that things will get better. And I do hope that while listening to my podcast, it will lift your spirits up. Well, nonetheless, this is 2-2-B, and welcome to the new episode of the 2-2-B Show. In this new episode, like promised, I will teach you guys how to interact with people, how to make friends, acquaintances, uh, build relationships, and report with other people. Uh, because uh, I kind of noticed that uh, these days, a lot of people are struggling and having difficulties with speaking to other people, whether or not they're going to be making friends, acquaintances, especially with school uh their classmates or even at work with their colleagues and co-workers and even in uh, some restaurants fast food chains uh, speaking with the cashier and the waitress and waiters you have difficulties in interacting with people well don't you worry I will give you some tips of course on how to improve uh, the way that you handle yourself and of course to reduce social anxiety and all that so as to you know be better with interacting with people in general well this episode is going to be divided into a few parts uh, four major parts i suppose the first one will be the preparation before talking to people you're going to practice yourself maybe at home or wherever you're free Um, this includes some ways for example to build your confidence and self-esteem some practices in body language and all that and of course some general tips before going out there and meeting with people the second uh, part is how to initiate the conversation and of course to keep it going Uh, this will cover some topics of course that you may use some ways to convey yourself and you know first impression tips and the next part is actually where to find people this one is a bit short because this is just some place, some avenues that you can look some people up. You know that you may become friends with or acquaintances and maybe even find a relationship, romantic relationship. So in the last part will be some general tips, some do's and don'ts and all that. And maybe some trivias as well, trivia and facts. So okay, let's begin with the first part. Before going out there and meeting with a bunch of people, of course you're gonna need to be prepared. You don't want to go out there without the knowledge, with interacting with other people, because you might seem weird to them. And if they find you weird, they're not gonna be talking to you at all. So, of course, I'm here to help you out so as not to look weird. I'm gonna help you train your confidence. Yes, I'm going to teach you how to fake it till you make it. Yeah, that sounds cliche, but it is true. It is very true. I'm going to give you a background story about myself way back in high school. I hated, I hated the recitation. I don't want um, raising my hand to answer the question, even though I know the answers. I don't want giving presentations up front. I don't want mingling with not my friends, you know. I just am 
not confident. I'm not confident with myself. But over time, I learned how to fake it till I make it. And right now, I am very confident with myself. I train myself to overcome this negative thoughts of, you know, lack of confidence that, uh, oh, I am, I am stupid, I'm dumb, I'm weird, I'm awkward, and all that. I shut those down and I faked it. So here are some tips to do that. First and foremost is you must learn how to convey yourself with the proper body language. Yes, a body language because the people that you're going to talk to, they're going to look at your body. Yes, because you know that is your physical self. They're not going to see your thoughts. They're only going to see your body language, especially initially when you approach them or when you're sitting down before you approach them. So to build uh, your body language, uh, first, let's start with the feet. Let's do this going up, up until the head. So with the feet and legs, you should uh, stand with your sh feet shoulder width apart and with your toes pointing outwards. Uh, a general rule of thumb with body language is that you need to be open to seem more confident because as evolutionary perspective in psychology um, if you uh, close your body that means you're being defensive this is um, for example uh, somebody's going to punch you you don't open yourself up you're going to close yourself that is because you fear of getting hit and your mind thinks that you, you have a fear with interacting with other people so you tend to close yourself so you're going to need to force yourself to open up. So start with the feet and legs. Stand with your feet shoulder width apart with your toes pointing outwards. Preferably pointing towards the person you're talking to. You don't want to stand with your legs at the side. Or when you're sitting down, your legs are away from the, uh, the person you're talking to. You don't want that because you're going to seem sub not submissive but defensive. It's like... They're going to feel like you, you want to run away and finish the conversation quickly. So, yep, there we go for the feet and legs. Next, we move to the arms. Okay, with your arms, what is highly recommended is to use your arm for gestures. You move your arms to for emphasis and to, uh, for it to be freely moving. Be more animated, but not too much. Don't be jittery. Or with your hands just uh, enough to convey your thoughts as well to uh, complement your thoughts as well and also don't do close body language as well don't cross your arms yes I know don't cross your arms even if you look at some posters with especially with politicians or maybe even with your student government these uh, they put their arms crossed that could seem confident yes especially in those kind of contexts but you would still need to open up yourself when speaking to other people because if close while speaking to other people they're going to say you're hiding something you're being defensive and don't do that so don't cross your arms don't uh, put your arms across your chest as well so as to hide your chest 
And for example, you're in a bar, you're in a party, you have drinks. Don't put it across your chest. Put it aside, you know, at your side, so as to seem open. And next, after the arms, is the chest. Uh, for me, this is also one of the more important things with your body because that is like a big part. Not a lot of people are gonna look at their feet and legs. Not a lot of people are gonna look at their arms, but the chest is you know very uh, a focal point so they're gonna look at it a lot so you don't want to be slouched you don't want to have what we call a round shoulders it's especially hard with our times nowadays because our postures are a bit you know problematic especially when we're using the computer we're using the computer a lot so we tend to slouch and our chest are inside our shoulders like our shoulders are forward instead of backwards so yeah stand up straight your shoulders should be at your back practice this one at home and then your chest forward yes forward you don't necessarily have to have some chiseled chest you don't have to go to the gym but i highly recommend going to gym but if you're you know if you're not going to the gym and you don't have like some big round chest, uh, push it out. They're not gonna notice that you lack chest, <laughs> but they are going to notice that you look confident. So yeah, and uh, along with this one, the it's related with the arms. Like I said before, don't close yourself. Don't cover your chest. Don't cover with it with a cup with your arms something like that and okay next one after the chest is the head with your head you should need to be facing forward you need to be facing forward not to the side not down because you're going to seem submissive you're gonna seem to be not confident and don't look up too much you're gonna seem arrogant you're gonna seem cocky and people in general don't want arrogant people so don't do that and also with your head of course you you have your eyes on your head right you're not, not a freak you're not like uh, the Naruto character with I, wait is it Naruto I don't know I don't know <laughs> with their eyes on their hands <laughs> something like that so use eye contact remember the 80 20 rule this is going to be your guideline. 80-20, 80% will be looking at the eyes. And 20% is not on the eyes. Look away. Of course, if you're going to be 100% looking at the person's eyes, you are going to seem creepy. Yeah. No, just imagine yourself. You're speaking with someone and that person is looking at your eyes 100% of the time. They're not looking away. You're going to get weirded out 100%. No doubt so yep 80 20 rule and if you're having a bit trouble you know with looking at the eyes of people directly you can look at the forehead or the one in between the eyes focus on that one there's a triangle imaginary triangle there between the eyebrows and the nose just circle around there like uh look from the top left eye eyebrow the top right then the nose and cycle between those three and you can seem like 
you're looking at their eyes and they're not gonna feel weirded out that they're not looking at them or you're not they're not gonna be weirded out with you know, looking directly at them and you're not gonna feel awkward as well because if you're not used to looking at the eyes you know it's it's a lot of trouble as well. even I have troubles with this one with looking at the eyes of people I don't know why I think it's a uh, subconscious on our uh, on ourselves that we don't like looking at other people's eyes but uh, if you imagine with some of your friends you can look them directly at the eye or with your partners with your romantic partners you can look at them directly in the eye because you feel comfortable with them and if you practice this one uh, properly with yourself in the mirror or there are actually some YouTube videos to practice um, with eye contact you can practice there and I assure you, this is one of the more powerful ways to convey your confidence. Okay, uh, along with your head as well, your head contains your teeth. <laughs> so smile. Or smile. You don't want going out there with a frown on your face, or seem mad, something like that. Smile, but don't overdo it. Don't smile with all your teeth out uh, all the time. Just sport it as like grin, not grin that you know, like you're planning something weird, some planning something evil, like an evil smirk. No, just grin like you're having a good time. Yeah, you know? of course you can smile with your teeth out, especially with those funny moments. If uh, there are funny moments with a group or with a person that you're talking about, is okay to smile. Yeah, because emotions are easily transferable. If you smile, the other person is going to smile like about 100% unless they're in a bad mood. But usually with your smile, their moods are going to be lifted. Just like I said, don't overdo it. Okay, enough with that one. So with the body language, again, general rule of thumb. Open up. Don't close yourself out. Don't be defensive. And next along with body language is how to what you call this one, move yourself how to you know what to do with your arms and all that so a general rule of thumb is to move slowly yes you can actually move pretty slow without it looking weird okay the explanation of that is you know when we move slowly you're going to seem confident because you are not you don't care you're not in a hurry you don't care about time and if you don't care about time that means you're all, yeah i don't know but um actually the proper explanation but psychologically they're gonna see you're going to seem like you have control of your time if you move slowly but not moves slow don't move slowly in other contexts such as when walking on the sidewalk with other people behind you because you're going to seem like a jackass you know all of us hate slow work walkers so don't walk slowly if you have uh, people behind you but walk slowly when strolling in the park you're gonna seem confident okay uh, the slower the better but not too slow like you're in the matrix because <laughs> that one will be weird okay with the movement next one is how you occupy space 
This is sort of related with the open versus closed body language. If you occupy more space, that means you are more confident. Because you're not afraid to share your space, you're not afraid to be vulnerable. So let's say, for example, you have your stuff uh, on your desk on, at work, maybe. You can spread your laptop around along with your phone, with your files, with your picture frame and all that, your phone. Spread it around. But don't be that guy at the bus. You're occupying the seat beside you with your bag or your feet. Uh, open so that the other person's uh, legs are cramped don't do that but but you know just open yourself up you can drape your arms around the seat beside you if they're empty because uh, let's say for example you look at two guys sitting uh, sitting on the bench one is hunched over their uh, sh their elbows on their knees their hands on their chins and they're looking down versus a guy laid back at the seat and their arms draped, draped over to the seat next to them of course that seat is empty and they're looking straight forward which one would you think is the more confident person I'm I'm gonna be uh, confident that you're going to pick the other person the one that's looking straightforward laid back with a open body language occupying a lot more space yes so with that um, being said okay let me just recap the whole thing okay general rule of thumb again open body language versus closed move slowly but not too slow occupy more space that is the way to project yourself as a confident person okay there we go so we got to our first step of our first part you know that is just the first step don't believe it or not because confidence is how you project yourself to other people yes okay next thing After practicing your body language, the next thing that you need to practice is on how you convey your message to other people. Because believe it or not, 70% of your message is not on the content, but on how you say that message. So let's say, for example, you mean well, like you want to teach the other person how to do a specific stuff. Let's say, for example, you're teaching them cooking. And they did not perform well. The food tastes bland. The food tastes weird. Even though you, you want to teach them, but if you come off as angry, like, hey, why did you put this, put that, when supposed to be you know that you're supposed to put this or put that, then they're not going to feel well. They're going to be sad. And the relationship and the rapport will be negative. You know? The relationship will not be strong. They're not going to make the same mistake, of course. Or they're going to hide the same mistake. They're not going to be open to you. Uh, about their mistakes, I mean. So what if, you know, the same same issue. The cooking is bad. But you 
offer some kind encouraging words and how you say it is better like hey instead of um, putting this one maybe try putting in this one so that next time the food tastes better like, based on what you heard you feel like hey yeah i think you're right you know that person hey i think you're right i think i should put this stuff next and thank you so there you build rapport your relationship is stronger the person will not be hesitant to approach you next time if they wanted to ask for your opinion so yeah it is on the tone so next thing next thing about a tone is keep it short and simple versus keep it long and lengthy so kiss versus kill of course you don't want to kill other people you want it to be kissed <laughs> i'm kidding but you want it to keep it short and simple you know uh because the content will be overblown sometimes if you keep it lengthy they're gonna forget what you said initially and one thing to keep it short and simple is to avoid filler words don't use ums or ahs basically you know like or anything along those lines I, okay i'm gonna be honest guys even i am struggling with this one basically because i am not practicing not using arms as like basically actually you know but i am going to be working on this one myself so okay going back you should replace your fillers with pauses yes pauses because pauses are very powerful believe it or not so what I want you to do, maybe after listening to my podcast, go into some TED Talks. Notice that a lot of them are using pauses in between their sentences, between thoughts. Why do they do that? It is very powerful in a sense that the audience are going to absorb what they said previously. Because if you speak fast, or maybe even not fast, you know. Sometimes they need to absorb on what they're saying. So let's say, for example, I'm telling a story about what I did last summer. I'm going to show you two ways on how to go about this one. First one is on how not to do it. So, okay, let's begin. Last summer, I uh, went to the beach with uh, my friends and... I believe uh, we went scuba diving. Yes, yep, we went scuba diving. We went surfing as well. And um, we went on food trips. And yeah, yeah, I enjoyed the experience a lot. Okay, cut. So you, based on what you heard, there are a lot of fillers, like a lot. 50% fillers, I think. So, even though the message is very short, it seems like it's long. And other people might think you're talkative even though you did not actually say anything at all. It has no substance. It has little substance. So, let me just reframe the same story. But with a pause in between thoughts. You know? So, let's see if you can notice the difference. And 
in which one is much better. I believe this one is going to be much better. Okay, let's begin. Last summer, I went to the beach with my friends who went scuba diving. We went surfing. And we went on food trips. And I enjoyed the experience very much. And cut. There we go. Not even 20 seconds I finished that story. And you got to absorb each one, each thought. So let's break it down. I went to the beach. Pause. Okay, the, the person you're speaking to, the audience, you can say, hey, this guy went to the beach. And they might, you know, keep the conversation going after you tell a story because they might think, uh, okay, beach. Which beach? I remember the last time I went to a beach. So they, they might be thinking this one. So, you know, it's going to keep the conversation going after you tell your story naturally. So, yeah, I went to the beach with my friends. Okay, they're going to be thinking, which friends? Who are you with? Something like that. With my friends, I went. we went scuba diving. Okay, scuba diving, they're going to think, hey, scuba diving, I, I think I'm going to enjoy that one. Maybe next time I can do that. So with each pause, they have some time to reflect. Even it, if it is a short pause, they have some time to absorb what they're saying. So yeah, pauses are very powerful. So next time when you speak with other people, avoid using fillers like um, ahs and all that. Uh, because another thing, if you use a lot of filler words, you're going to seem nervous. You're going to seem jittery. You're not going to seem confident. It's going to uh, reflect badly with your body language as well. With your confidence as well. But it, I mean, it's not too bad if you use ums or ahs sparingly. It is normal. It is not weird. But if you'll use it a lot, well... You need to practice a bit more. So, okay, there we go. Ums and ahs. And lastly, with, you know, with conveying your message, you should know your audience. You should know the person you're speaking to. Because if you're speaking to a manager, for example, your manager, your boss, you need to know the audience because the way you're going to convey your message is going to be different than what you say with your colleagues. And the language itself is going to be different. So you're going to be a lot more professional with your boss, with your manager, compared with your colleagues. You're going to use a lot more jargons, uh, maybe with your friends, actually. A lot more inside jokes, inside things. So something like that. Know your audience. You can also do that with strangers as well. With your strangers, you should know that they are a stranger. They're not going to know... How you speak, so you should adjust accordingly. Okay. This this tips comes with a lot of practice. Even I am not perfect with this one. I'm gonna be honest, but uh, through the years I improved a lot. Like I said way back in high school, I am like a wallflower. I don't like speaking. I don't like interacting with a bunch of people. I'm very shy, very introverted. But through the years, I change, and you can do that because anything can be learned and unlearned. Okay? 
So there we go. After body language and after uh, how you convey your message, let's move on to the next tip. After practicing your body language and after practicing the way you convey your messages to other people, the next thing that you need to prepare before going out there is on your physical appearance. Yes, on how you look. So tip is go to the nearest hospital, find a surgeon, get yourself some plastic surgery so that you can look like Ryan Gosling. Yes. Of course, I am kidding. You don't need to be conventionally attractive to be attractive and charismatic. But what you need to be, though, is properly dressed. Properly dressed like in a suit? No. Of course, uh, everything needs to be in context. Uh, let's say, for example, you're going to a casual event. And you're just going to wear some shirt and some jeans. Make sure the, that those shirts is fitting you properly not oversized not too fitted but fitted enough that it's hugging your muscles or if you don't have muscles your body you know this is going to accentuate uh the way you look of course and of course those clothes must be ironed okay ironed or not necessarily ironed but free of a lot of wrinkles okay so yep so you need to do that because believe it or not uh people are going to judge you based on your appearance you know they know not to judge a book by its cover we subconsciously do that even you even i do that this is some basic evolutionary perspective that that if you see an unknown or unpleasant looking person or thing you're gonna stay away from it you know just basic subconscious thing it's not necessarily bad though it's normal but with that being said you need to uh, properly groom yourself so this is not just clothes okay not just clothes your hair you should fix your hair accordingly okay uh, not too much like mm, too much gel something like that but enough so that you uh, you don't look like you just got out of bed at least you made an effort on fixing your hair also with your facial hair and on your eyes uh, if you have pink eye remove that okay wash your face even if you have pimples it's okay as long as your face is uh, you know generally clean they're gonna notice it okay and you're gonna feel uh, they're gonna feel a lot more relaxed with you and you're gonna feel confident as well you know so yep uh, well-fitting clothes and uh yeah yeah also by the way your teeth it needs to be uh clean of course if it's yellow then uh i'm gonna be honest with you it's gonna be unattractive but if you clean them it's a lot uh you know there are no plaques then it's okay it's not gonna be bad it's not gonna be a deal breaker though but you need to have whitened teeth, okay, as much as possible. And you, if you have crooked teeth, uh, you should save up some for some braces. But even though, okay, even without that one, it's not gonna be a deal breaker. It's not gonna be the end of the world. 
you can still be physically attractive even if you have those things and you're gonna be attractive you're still gonna be meeting a lot of people even if your teeth is not perfect okay not any of the world it's just a general tip okay <laughs> don't uh, attack with pitchforks hey this is not for me something like that but okay yep uh, keep yourself a well-groomed your attire well kept well kept as well okay uh, okay I'm gonna give you a bit of story because uh, I found this one with I think this one was with practical psychology or improvement pill on YouTube they gave a story that uh, a 19 year old went to a interview at a mall I think it's a mall or a supermarket and they wore a properly fitted suit and even the employees there thought that he was corporate and they respected him just because he wore some proper fitted clothes you know with style of course all that the outfit itself is good they respected him even though uh, he isn't necessarily the most experienced He's just 19 years old, 19 year old, and he does not have a lot of experience, but he respected him. So yeah, there we go. Okay, now we're done with that. We already have three tips. Improve your body language, improve the way you convey yourself with your messages, and the way you convey yourself physically. Okay, there we go. Okay, we're moving on to the next part. We are done preparing ourselves. We are already out there. So, okay. You see a person. You want to approach them. But you're a bit shy. You have social anxiety still, even though you're equipped with the proper knowledge of proper body language, proper ways to convey yourself, and you look good. Your physical appearance looks good. But you still have debilitating social anxiety. So there's no other way to go about this one but to use the 3 to one rule. Again, it's the 3 to one rule. Basically, you're just going to have to count 3, 2, 1, and go. Don't think of anything else. Because uh, starting on 3, 2, and then the 1, you're going to stop thinking. Because when you start thinking, that's uh, uh, that's when you're gonna think of thoughts. Say, what if this person doesn't like me? What if? What if? I don't know what to say. What if? What if? All of what ifs. So if you shut yourself down, your thoughts down, and uh, begin with the three, two, one, and then just go. Not gonna be overthinking, and you are already out there. You're gonna surprise yourself. Hey, I'm already to talking to this person. But in any case, uh, you're already done with the 3, 2, 1. You approach that person, but you don't know what to say still. So I can give you some examples of what we call bulletproof statements. Again, that's bulletproof statements. These are some general statements that could incite a conversation, a proper conversation that everyone would be able to answer. I say, for example, something simple. Hey, do you have the time? Uh, do you know where is so-and-so uh, nice weather we're having <laughs> okay that one that one I would use sparingly because that is very cliche 
uh, nice weather we're having. But you can use some. Um, uh, did you catch the game last night? But that one is also gonna be used sparingly because not a lot of people are sports people. Yeah. You know? But some general statements. You can think of a lot of uh, things of bulletproof statements. I assure you that you can uh, search one yourself at home and YouTube and all that. Or maybe you can use some current events as well. Or maybe if you notice something about that person, maybe you notice that he or she has a nice shoe, nice clothes, nice phone. You can spark up a conversation with that one. Okay, those are some bulletproof statements. So okay, you're already speaking to another person. And you're already using the confident body language. Your tone is also perfect. And of course, you are properly dressed and they're looking at you. So you're all good. You're off to a great start. But now, but now, you don't know what to say <laughs> after beginning the statement. Maybe you're one of those people that, uh, you know, hey, how are you? And they're going to answer, hey, I'm fine. How about you? I'm doing fine as well. And then you stop there. You're like, uh, uh. <laughs> you don't know what to say. Well, I'm going to introduce to you what we like to call the Ford Method. Yes, the Ford Method. Basically, you would have to go to your nearest car dealership, uh, scout some Ford Escapade, buy that car, drive it around, and you're going to automatically make friends. Yes, and again, I am kidding. So... Yeah, the Ford me method is actually an acronym. Ford is F for family, O for occupation, R for recreation, and D for dreams. Okay, there are some, those are some Ford topics that are very powerful. Because first, let's start with the F, family. Family is a very sensitive thing. But family can also mean friends. Okay. Not necessarily biological um, siblings, parents, grandparents, cousins, and all that. So all of us have friends. All of us have families. But I, I don't highly recommend using this one first, even though it's, you know, uh, chronologically uh, on the acronym. The first one, chronologically, I mean. So yeah, this is not necessarily the first, but it is a powerful topic. So family. You can talk about uh, how do I introduce yourself to this one. So let's say, for example, you're already on the conversation and you notice someone across the street and he's uh, looking weird. <laughs> no. He's having fun. Maybe he is dancing, something like that. And you can point out that, also, hey, that guy reminds me of my brother. He is very energetic, very happy. How about you? Do you have any siblings? Okay, that sounds natural. First of all, why don't you just ask straight, do you have any siblings? Because that one is a bit weird, it's a bit off. Because as a stranger, you're not going to be opening up immediately. So you should have the initiative of opening up first before you can expect them to open up themselves. So introduced by, that reminds me of my brother. So, yep, you're opening yourself to the conversation about family. And they will be almost always uh, reply positively. So, 
Yeah, they might say, uh, I don't have any siblings. So you can go up from there. Oh, do you wish you had one? And from there, you can branch out. So they could say, yeah, I wish I had a baby brother because I love uh, taking care of uh, a little baby, something like that. And from there, you can even stem further. Oh, uh, so do you plan on having a family in the future as well? Something like that. But I'm going to stop there. You don't want to go in what we call interview mode. You don't want to be the ones asking and asking and always expecting an answer. Because the same thing applies. You need to open up first before they are going to open up to you. But if you're going to be asking and asking them with questions, bombard them with a lot of questions, it's going to be taxing for them. And they're not going to be uh, enjoying talking to you. And they, you know, of course, it's going to be a relationship. It's one-sided if you have all the knowledge about the other person, but they don't have anything of you. So it's going to be a bit negative, you know, as in the Sims context, it's going to be negative. <laughs> but so, yeah. And uh, open up with the family, uh, I mean, siblings, something like that. Okay, family is a very basic. Next one is occupation. Occupation in the sense that, you know, about a lot of our times are spent with our occupation whether it be work or school related stuff so this one this one i would like to begin most conversations with because like i said there are a lot of us having you know spending a lot of time with your occupation they are readily available Okay, maybe especially with coworkers, you have the same job and you could talk about the job. So let's say for, I'll put myself an example as a customer service representative. You know, I'm going to be talking with a lot of customers and I might have trouble with one customer and I'm going to be frustrated. I can start off with that. I can open up with that. Like, hey, one of my customers is so, so angry with us a while ago. He was cursing me and all that. Uh, uh, I'm having a hard time. And how about you? Are you okay with your uh, uh, time so far? And yeah, from that they are going to respond. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Uh, well, what troubles do you have? They might ask you. Well, you can answer like, "Well, uh, he's having trouble with this one and that one, and I couldn't help him." Uh, do you have an idea on how to go about that one? So yeah. The conversation flows naturally with the occupation. It's very easy. Uh, they are, you know, a lot of people are not secretive about their occupation, unlike their families, of course. So yeah, there we go. Uh, family occupation. Next one is recreation. Recreation is also one of the other things that is very easily talked about. This recreation, of course, uh, this is with the hobbies, you know, pastimes. And uh, this one is, I think, one of the uh, better ways to build rapport. Because you're going to ask them, let's say, for example, very simple. What do you like to do? Yes, it's very cliche, but it is very effective. What do you like to do? And they might say something like, uh, very weird, I like curling, the Olympic sport of curling. And you have no idea what that was, so... Are you going to just say, uh, okay? Yeah. No, of course. No, 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 no. 
that is a mistake. You gotta put yourself in a mindset like, uh, why is this activity so engaging, so interesting to that person? So you can uh, ask them to expound more on why they like curling. So maybe, oh, curling, uh, could you tell me more about that one? And they're going to say, oh, oh, curling, yeah, that curling is, you know, when you throw like a stone thing towards a target. And uh, and that's about it. And, you know, uh, it's going to expound more on that one, okay? Because with recreation, a lot of people are, of course, enjoying the recreation. There are, uh, they're going to appreciate if you, they talk about their recreation. They love talking about that, their hobbies. I assure that uh, all of them, even you. I believe you would like to share your hobbies with other people even if they don't know what it is because you could you know recruit them uh, quote unquote recruit them to your hobbies so yeah always put yourself in a mindset and why is this thing so interesting to the other people it is better if you you know you collect if for example, I like video games and that person like video games. You can talk about video games for an hour or so without it getting boring. So that one is a very powerful way to, you know, engage someone, get to know someone. And next thing is dreams. Last thing is the dreams. This one is we can go into this one deeper. Yes, sir. And you can also uh, relate recreation with this one. So let's say, for example, he, his or her recreation is, I like to draw. You can relate this one to the dreams. Uh, oh, you like to draw? Do you dream, did you dream of becoming an artist one day as an occupation? Okay, occupation, recreation, and dream. All in one. So, and they can say, yeah, I wanted to become an artist one day, but you know, uh, things happen, blah, blah, blah. And of course, listen. And from there on, from then on, uh, build from that. And sometimes, you know, you can uh, skip the dreams part. Like, you, I mean, not the dreams, but the recreation part. Sometimes when you're walking, maybe you're on a date. And you come across a, mm, let's say, for example, a cemetery for some reason. You're walking along a cemetery. You could say something cheesy something out of this world like before you die what do you want to do in your life yeah that sparks up a conversation a lot like and it's gonna be a deep conversation yes because not a lot of people are gonna share their thoughts about that one maybe you can start off with sharing one in your own like i said like instead of asking that one when you pass by a cemetery you could uh, begin it by, you know, before I die, I would like to go skydiving, something like that, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, uh, ask the question, how about you? What do you want to do before you die? And yep, there we go. It's going to flow out naturally using the Ford method. Okay, Ford method is very effective. So there we go. Okay, aside from the Ford method, there are other ways to uh, what you call it, uh, you know, to branch out a conversation or to maybe even begin a conversation, you can use a bunch of statements such as your opinions and stuff. Oh, so maybe you're watching some news, 
and you can see uh, some politics there you can you give your opinion because uh, I don't like this politician because blah 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 and that could spark up a conversation however opinions though should be used um, carefully because that could spark an argument uh, argument that could end your relationship and yep opinions are very good at starting conversations next one is what we call a cold read statement cold read that means uh, you're gonna look at the person and you can say mm, things like hey you look like you come from a big family and they can uh, respond to that in multiple ways one is they're going to deny that one like uh, no I don't come from a big family I'm actually an only child and since they have an answer you can uh, interject with oh you're an only child you wish you have siblings and again the conversation flows naturally or they could say yes they're gonna be impressed with you yes I do come from a big family what makes you say that and then you can give an observation that is where you can give some compliments like I, I think you come from a big family because of how you dress you know you look very professional like uh, you're part of a, like a business family something like that can be creative it can be cheesy not too cheesy of course it's gonna be creepy as well but yep code reads are very effective and uh, another thing is what we call a random or spontaneous statements or another word for that is a non sequitur yep non sequitur yeah that could be a total random thing not even what you see on the, on the TV you can say like uh, uh, I'm so bored about doing crosswords in the morning. Uh, you know, anything that could spark the conversation. And other things, humor, jokes. Yes, jokes. Yes. With that one, uh, you know, I'm gonna give you an example of a joke that you could use, maybe, because jokes are generally very positive, of course. Almost all people love jokes in the right context, of course. And of course, don't use uh, dark humor, especially when meeting with someone first time or you don't have a deep relationship. So, okay, this is a joke. I do hope that you laugh at my joke. I'm not going to hear you laugh, but I do hope that you're laughing there at home. So, okay. There are three shomais in a car. Shomai, you know, shomai, uh, Chinese uh, food dumpling type. Yeah, three shomais in a car. Daddy shomai, mommy shomai, and tiny shomai. And they're driving along a cliff uh, with the windows open. And suddenly they hit a bump on the road. And one of the shomais uh, comes flying out of the car. Which one of the three flew out of the car? I'm gonna give you uh, a few seconds. Uh, <laughs> okay. The shomai that flew out is tiny shomai. <laughs> I do hope that you laugh that one. Okay. <laughs> I know that's one of my favorite jokes. I don't know why. It's a light kind of comedy. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay, uh, next with the jokes, with the humor, the next one is storytelling. 
this one can light up uh, a party if you know how to do some storytelling this one I cannot give some proper uh, tips how to go about this one because it's gonna be very contextualized and it's gonna be based on your experience but you can look up on some storytelling tips online but I'm just gonna give you one of my uh, favorite stories as well <clears throat> so okay this happened to me personally with my cousins cousin I mean cousin so okay my cousin had a boyfriend mm, for a long time and they love each other and they were going to get married they plan on getting married of course so they had a promise oh yeah um, before I forget yeah the guy was going abroad and back then there isn't social media there isn't uh, uh, well there are cell phones but you know long distance charges are very expensive so that one is uh, used sparingly so they made a promise like a pact like uh, they're going to meet on this one beach with their rings of course uh, because they're gonna get married so they gave each other rings and they're going to meet at this exact date I don't remember the date but you know they gave an exact date after a few years because um, you know of course they want to get married so they agreed 100% so yeah mm -hmm. the guy went abroad worked from there for I think about three years and then uh, he went back uh, the, guy, uh, the guy went on the beach with the ring of course and it was waiting there on the beach uh, strolling around the beach uh, looking at the waves feeling the breeze however time passed one hour two hours three hours four hours and uh, the guy got sick of it so what he did he threw his ring across the beach because of anger, because uh, uh, anger, not anger, because of anger. Because uh, he was so disappointed that they made a promise that they were gonna meet at that beach, you know. But my cousin didn't come. But you know what's funny? Because my cousin indeed come tomorrow. I think he got. I mean, she got the dates wrong. I don't know what happened there exactly, but she went tomorrow. And she was waiting on the beach, strolling around as well, feeling the breeze, one hour, two hours, three hours. But then, uh, you know, uh, she's feeling a bit sad as well, disappointed, crying, angry as well. And she spotted something on the sand, in the sand. Like, uh, something small, something little. Do you know what she saw? Yes, you are correct. I think we are thinking of the same thing. Yes. She saw tiny Shomai. <laughs> okay, that joke is so bad, but you know, I like, really like that joke. But yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, based on what you heard on my storytelling, that's how you should tell a story. Engaging, interesting, having a lot of twists. And of course, the joke. The joke is on there. You should tell this joke to your friends. 
I, I remember uh, first hearing this joke way back in first year college. I was laughing my ass off because of the twist. I was saying, oh no, um, she found the ring? No, it's Tiny Shomai. <laughs> well, okay. So, we're done with humor and storytelling as well. Of course, the opinion, cold read, and random statements. The One of the last things you know, that I can recommend is deep conversations. Having a deep, deep conversation could increase the report with other people like no other. This one, I couldn't keep give some tips but because this one's come naturally however there are some videos by improvement bill uh tackling about deep conversation you should watch that he is very good i learned a lot of stuff from him so yeah there we go so moving on okay next thing that we're going to talk about is where to find your future friends or acquaintances or even your romantic partners so this one this first one is i believe one of the best ways to you know create connections and relationships and build rapport it is if you have the same hobbies or interests so let's say for example i like video games and uh, it's a good thing nowadays there are a lot of online groups you don't have to physically go out there and find some friends but you can uh, go online first uh, search some groups you even find some groups in discord and join there and a lot of communities are very welcoming there are very few like very few people who are gatekeeping um, interest nowadays it's uh, highly frowned upon and gatekeepers are usually shunned away from that group so yep I highly recommend you you can look up online first or if you know a place maybe even uh, some gaming cafes there are a lot of gaming cafes around go there play some games talk to your uh, seat mate beside you but of course uh, do not disturb them you know find the right timing but yeah there you go there's one avenue is to find a hobby so another example is if you want to go to a gym a lot of people dislike going to the gym especially for the first time basically because uh, they find it intimidating uh, they think that people are gonna make fun of them that they're fat or they're too thin freely and all that I'm gonna be a hundred percent sure that there is a very very minor chance that you're going to be shamed in the gym a lot of people are very welcoming they are very wholesome especially uh, the bigger guys you think they're very intimidating because they have a lot of muscles they're very physically um, strong however they are the one of the most uh, wholesome people they will help you a lot uh, think of it this way they all started somewhere they all started that they were fat or maybe too thin and they started uh, lifting weights uh, doing some exercise to the point where they got right now and they did not do it alone I'm gonna be 100% on that they had some friends some trainers all that and uh, they're more than welcome to give assistance to you and they can give you good advice of course since well results speak from themselves so yeah and if you're still a bit hesitant bringing a friend 
you know, uh, even this friend is not a gym rat as well, maybe even a beginner as you, it could help a lot. You can spot each other so that, you know, you can focus on each other and you're not going to mind anyone else. Because I assure you, if uh, that is what you're thinking about, other people have themselves to think about. They are not going to worry about you. They're not going to look at you that much. They're, they are very minor percentage that uh, creepy guys, creepy people staring at you. But in my experience, uh, th these are very minimal. And I've yet to hear from my friends uh, about these experiences. But there are. There are. However, it's uh, a slim chance. So yeah, don't be afraid. Go out there. Go to the gym. You will become physically attractive as well. As being uh, phys uh, physically strong. So yeah, there we go. First thing is uh, you can find friends in your hobbies. And next thing, um, this is a physical place though. You can go to any bars, clubs. Uh, this one is a very highly uh, social place. So you can make a lot of friends there. You can even go alone or maybe even with a group of friends with you. And maybe join with another table. Okay, uh, this one is also very easy to do, especially when you're drunk. But if you're not a person who drinks a lot or you don't drink at all, I highly recommend that you bring a friend as well that could spark up a conversation so that uh, they can help you out. A wingman or a group of friends. Uh, it's up to you. But in any case, yep, bars and clubs are a great place to find friends, acquaintances, buddies. And you can also find, of course, uh, people who share the same interest as you, you know, at that place. It's funny. Or maybe even romantic partners. Okay, so yeah, bars, clubs. The next thing is uh, like gyms, sporting centers, like maybe a basketball club or a badminton club. Personally, I made a lot of friends in a badminton club when I was young, and they're still my friends right now. However, I don't, you know, talk to them, them that much right now, simply because um, pandemic, quarantine, and all that. However, there, this is another place that you can find some friends. Next thing is, of course, the workplace. However... I don't highly recommend making a deep connection with your co-workers. I know, I know a lot of you guys have a lot of best friends with co-workers. But I highly recommend that you do not do that though. Why? Because um, it's going to be hard to separate personal and work life if you do that. But it's up to you. But yeah, you can uh, find some friends there, acquaintances as well. Next thing is if you're a student, of, co of course, your classroom their classmates don't be shy speak to your seatmate ask for a piece of paper but don't ask too much every time of course bring your own paper and all that but yeah it's a great place to find some friends and any case uh, the next one I can't believe I'm saying this but I highly recommend online dating apps for even making friends and of course romantic partners gonna give you a piece of trivia yes my girlfriend and i met uh initially on tinder and uh, and right now we're going uh, 17 months strong 
and yeah, I would like to spend my life with her. <laughs> In any case, yeah, like you find your romantic partners there. Uh, it's very easy though, because uh, unlike online, I mean, unlike uh, personally, like face to face, it's easier to make conversation online without shyness and awkwardness. Because you could think about your reply for minutes on end. But I highly recommend though that you um, use Tinder as a way to meet in person. Don't uh, don't spend the majority of your time building relationships at the site itself online. Ask them to go out. I probably am going to make a separate episode regarding how to get a relationship, how to get a date. You know, in the future, I don't know when though, but I would probably do it. Especially there are a lot of people struggling with uh, finding a date nowadays. <laughs> it's just a fact of life. I'm not gonna, you know, specify each and every one of you. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Tinder. Online is a very wonderful place. I believe the internet is one of the greatest inventions of our time. However, it's a dual-edged sword. Social media is very toxic nowadays, but it is a very good place. In general, in my opinion. <laughs> well, there we go. There are some places, some avenues so to where you can find your future friends, acquaintances, and romantic partners. So let's move on to our last part. Some general tips on, you know, in conversations and how to make friends, how to interact with people. Okay, here we go. Now we're done with the first three parts. First one is the preparation. The second one is how to initiate the conversation and of course to keep it going. The third one is where to find your friends, acquaintances, and partners. For the last part, I'm going to be talking about some general tips, some do's and don'ts, and some pieces of advice when interacting with other people. Let's start with don't be afraid to make a mistake. Yes own up to your mistakes uh, let's say for example you're at a restaurant and the waiter says enjoy your food and instinctively you said you too of course it's gonna be a bit embarrassing but some knee-jerk reaction is you know to cover the face to run away and you know act as if nothing happened what you can do is you could say Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Uh, I must have had a rough day. But I do hope you have a nice day as well. Thank you. And the waiter is going to laugh as well with you, not at you. And it's going to set the mood uh, to be better. It's going to be a good mood instead of an awkward, uh, you know, interaction. But in any case, yep, uh, that is one way to own up to your mistakes. Don't be afraid though, but don't make too much mistakes. Okay, that one will be embarrassing and usually there's no coming back from that. But any mistake, any minor mistake, own up to it. You're going to seem more natural. And people like it when uh, people admit their mistakes. They, do, they don't seem arrogant, cocky, you know. So with that being said, let's move on to the next one. Don't be condescending or sarcastic especially to the person. You can be sarcastic in general, maybe something you've, you observe. For example, uh, you're strolling in the park uh, with your date and it's very hot. You could say some things like, 
I could use some uh, leather jacket. It's freezing out here. And your day is well. Yeah, she might laugh. I don't know, but it's better than uh, being sarcastic to that person. Let's say, for example, "Wow, that shoes look great on you," and uh, you know that uh, it is being sarcastic. It's not gonna go well. Not gonna build rapport at all. And again, don't be condescending as well. Don't assume that the other person is stupid or doesn't know what they're talking about. It's gonna seem off. Okay, so next one is don't be brutally honest as well. Be honest, but don't be brutally honest. Because a lot of brutally honest people are more focused on the brutality instead of the honesty. Don't go up to the person, hey, that shirt looks ugly on you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do that. Don't even mention the shirt at all. You know, just uh, find another way to spark up conversation without being brutally honest. But with that in line, don't be afraid to disagree though with that person. You could disagree, but uh, structure it in a way that you agree to some points. Usually this is done with um, controversial topics. You can agree uh, at some points but disagree on some others. Let's say, for example, you disagree with the opinion of a person uh, pizza is better with pineapples they said and you don't like pineapples on your pizza you could say some things like well myself I prefer uh, not having pineapples but pineapples are great I would eat them uh, uh, as a snack Something like that it's it's a disagreement but uh, you also agree that pineapples are great you know something like that you could be creative with this one because you are going to seem honest as well. You're going to seem more open. You're not afraid to voice out your opinions. But like I said, uh, by disagreeing, don't be condescending with your disagreement. Don't be sarcastic. Don't be too honest and tactless. Next thing is to use the names of the other people. This is a psychological trick. It's going to seem endearing if you're talking to a person and you're using their names every once in a while to address them maybe even their nickname nicknames are much better because usually nicknames are the ones that they chose to be called don't call them by their full name it's gonna be awkward and don't call them by their last name unless they're your boss maybe even the boss don't like calling themselves and their last names basically because um, they're gonna think that wait I, I'm not that you know high up above you or equal something like that you know so just address them with the first name or their nickname it's gonna sound more endearing more honest as well next thing is uh, you can use some spontaneity spontaneous you can comment on some random stuff you can uh, invite the other person to do something else because uh, a lot of people like sponta spontaneity they want to be adventurous, especially when first time meeting. You know, especially on a date, of course. They don't want some common date just eating out and talking. Well, some people do, but a lot of people like spontaneous people making uh, random plans. That is exciting. Maybe you find something like you're just walking on the park and you find a uh, henna tattoo station. You can get some tattoos while you're there.
can spark up a conversation as well. Hey, what tattoo would you like to get? And do you plan in on getting any at all? Something like that, you know? And another thing is what you call the Bench Franklin effect. This is like a psychological thing, or a psychological trick. Yeah, psychological trick that a lot of people use to persuade other people and make them think that they like them. Uh, in a nutshell, the Bench Franklin effect is when you ask a favor to another people. It sounds uh, a bit weird in the sense that you're asking them to do something for you and it and it will make them seem like they like you however don't ask for a favor that's uh t- very taxing like hey could you lift this heavy box for me uh it's gonna be a bit hard or for example could you um Oh, this one drive me around town so, I don't know uh, don't do something so taxing but maybe some small favors like hey can you hand me that uh, uh, water over there the glass of water I need a drink and could you hold this book for me while I lace my shoes and yep small things small favors tricks uh, their mind into thinking that they like you so yeah, you can use the Benj Franklin effect, but don't overuse it. As with all tips here, don't overuse it. It's going to be detrimental. And lastly, I uh, want to say that you should avoid talking about uh, religion, abortion, politics, and economics at the first time. Unless you're very um, you know, good when handling with these topic, topics. However, I highly recommend that don't uh, engage with these types of conversation at the start. So again, it's religion, abortion, politics, and economics. And the acronym of that, I'm not going to spell out. It's going to be a trigger warning. Don't talk about the acronym as well. Okay? So, So with that, don't talk about that one. But talk about Ford. Don't forget Ford family occupation recreation and dreams those themes are very powerful when creating report so yeah there we go i guess that's all the things that i can give to you right now i could create some videos uh, what video uh, i'm sorry <laughs> i was thinking i'm a youtuber but i'm gonna create another episode on my podcast talking about maybe how to improve uh, deep conversations and like I said how to handle dates first dates of course or any dates at all or maybe some psychological tips and tricks how to persuade other people and all that I could make some episodes on that one in the future I don't know when because next one I'm gonna talk about some video games because that one is my passion so i do hope that you stay tuned for all the future episodes that i may have and you may also um, suggest to me some other topics that i can use for my next uh, episodes i keep on thinking video i should try to become a youtuber as well (laughs) i don't know maybe in the future i don't have a camera even a laptop pc that i can use But in any case, you can DM me for some topics that I may use in the future. And of course, any suggestions on how I should go about my podcast. 
Okay, so there we have it. How to interact with other people. Uh, yeah, it took a long while and more than an hour, but I do hope that this will help you a lot. Um, so again, let me just recap. Prepare yourself. Build your confidence. Focus on your body language. And next thing is to initiate a conversation. Use bulletproof statements. Use the three to one rule if you're a bit shy. And um, what was that? oh yeah, uh, use the Ford method. Uh, use opinions, cold reads, some random statements. Use your humor, your storytelling, and some deep conversations. Use that to initiate and keep the conversation going. Lastly, where to find friends? Uh, yep, you can find your friends online with uh, people who are sharing the same interests or hobbies as you, and all other places such as bars, sporting centers, and all that. And uh, some general tips and tricks. You can just rewind the last part, but in any case, don't be condescending, sarcastic. Be honest, but not brutally honest. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Don't be afraid to disagree. Use their names or nicknames. Be spontaneous. Use the Benjamin Franklin effect. And avoid talking about religion, abortion, politics, and economics. And the acronym that goes along with them. Okay, there we go. That's it for the end of the episode. So I would like to thank all my supporters for the first two episodes that I had. Uh, thank you for your comments, for your uh, direct messages. And one thing I would like to address, <laughs> I was actually kind of weirded out that a lot of people find my voice to be great. <laughs> Even though I myself find it a bit, you know, like normal or I find it a bit weird. Maybe just because... You know, I'm used to hearing myself and I don't find myself uh, as a great, having a great voice. But thank you. Thank you for that one. And thank you for the support and for those two and for future episodes. So with that being said, I don't want to take much more of your time today. Just stay tuned for the next episode. Again, this is 2 to be, And have a nice rest of your day. Bye-bye.